Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Oh Lord, I need you. Welcome to Finding Your Way on Spirit Filled Radio with hosts Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather. Ralph and Mark are successful business professionals, members of the Catholic CEO group Legatus, and generous donors to Catholic schools and charities. This show is dedicated to sharing the testimonies of those serving God in big and small ways and helping listeners walk in the footsteps of Christ. Here is your host to make introductions. All right, hello, this is Mark Prather with Rob Linsmeyer on Spirit Filled Radio Network, and welcome to our show. Finding Your Way. Let's open with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we give thanks for this opportunity to come together on this show and interview a very special guest and discuss how we can better communicate with you and be connected with you in all times. We ask that your Holy Spirit be with us and guide us in this conversation and that we all stay connected with you and that we can learn and grow to love you better. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It is indeed a pleasure to welcome a dear friend to our show, Chris Van Ruten. Chris is truly an inspiration. He's a senior vice president and financial advisor at Comerica. I understand, Chris, you're getting close to retirement. Chris is a daily communicant. Whoa, Chris, you challenge me every day. And he's a devotee to Ignatian spiritual exercises. And consider this, he's an advocate of praying without ceasing. Actually, Chris, you're a hero of mine. We've been together in a small men's Crescio prayer group for well over 10 years. In so many ways, some of Chris's insights have literally changed my life for the better and have powered my path in service to Jesus. Thank you, Chris. Friends, now sit back and discover how you, in partnership with others, can literally change the world around you. Chris, can you tell us about your path of discovery? Sure, Ralph. First, I want to say those insights you're talking about, those are not of me. Those are of the Holy Spirit. It really is. The Spirit talks and works through all of us. And, uh, you know, my path, I was a cradle Catholic. I had the blessing of a Catholic education. And, of course, later teens into college, I kind of wandered my way, got away from the faith a bit. And then as I started my career and got out on my own, I, I guess I'll call it a half-hearted return to the faith. But what really started things is I ran into a group of somewhat like-minded young Catholic professionals. And this is an <laughs> informal YCP, right? What year was this? And this was in 1979. Okay. And uh, that group introduced me to some similarly aged priests and i got involved in a parish in irvine started lecturing went to some adult education uh, sessions and learned about the mass about the faith things that you know the nuns taught us the basics (laughs) but this was getting deeper and i figured this this has to become my faith this is not the faith of my parents the faith 
of the religious sisters. This is my faith. Let's talk about that faith a little, because the mustard seed can be anything. What is it called to? I mean, you're, the gift of faith is the most profound gift. Would you agree? It's an incredible gift. And we just have to tap into the power of that faith. And uh, it takes a commitment. That faith, it, it's a seed in our hearts. And as I say, I wandered, but that seed remained and it started to grow. And the more you water that seed, that's when it blossoms. Chris, can you elaborate on, because I think your point's a really critically important point is when you say tap into faith, but define tap in. What does that mean and how can people tap in? Well, you know, I think the Holy Spirit is the source of that tap. You know, a lot of times the Spirit speaks to me through imagery. And uh, I had a, some, a spirit-filled moment in, the, in 1982. I had a, a granduncle who had passed away, and I was at his funeral. He was a very frugal, humble, but very successful man. And with the, all of this regalia at his funeral, I sat there, and I think at that time in my mid-20s, I had a you know, my mortality. <laughs> All of a sudden, I realized my mortality. And I had this deep hunger then to take my faith forward. And in 19, shortly thereafter, I met a very faith-filled Christian woman, Cheryl, who became my wife. And all the people around us, especially in this case, Cheryl, my wife, at the time, my, my girlfriend, she was not Catholic. But she gave me my first opportunity to explain my faith, to, in some cases, defend my faith. And that allowed us to blossom. And then it went from there. So I think the people in our lives somewhat pull out of us. Ralph's one of those people in my life. When he asks a question, and you know we're called to go out into the deep, his questions put us into the deep. He pushes me out deeper. And uh, I think that's uh, the people in our lives are, are the root to that. Thing. I think we have a lot to talk about today, but I'd like to reflect on one thing because, uh, Chris, you've shared some important things. I want to share one thing. On September the 14th last year, okay, we were Zooming because of COVID, and we had our prayer, our prayer session, and Chris shared a verse that he heard some time before, okay, I think in some sort of a marriage experience that you had, but, but he shared with us a Bible verse. Now, friends, Bible verses can change everything. On September 4th, it brings tears to my eyes. Honestly, my life changed. Because you shared Isaiah 34.4 with me, okay? And with our whole group that was on Zooming that day. And so Isaiah 34.4 is this verse. God and Isaiah were dialoguing. And God told Isaiah this. He said, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah. You are precious to me, and you are glorious, and I love you. I heard that verse, and it hit me. It just it hit me with, with just a force that since that time, it's by my goal to share that with everyone. I'm going to say this to you, Chris. I'm going to give you the verse back. Chris, 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 you are precious to me, and you're glorious, and I love you. But why are you precious and glorious? Chris, you were made in his image. You were made in the image of God. That's why you're precious. But even more than that, Chris, not in every day, not at every moment, but when you reflect God's light and love, you are indeed precious. It's so beautiful. So, Chris, can you tell us a little bit about the urgency of your life to share truth with others? 
I uh, really in that that verse in itself when it hit me and I was get, it was an assignment in a couple's prayer series that Cheryl and I were doing together and we were asked to reflect on that particular passage for the week and it was a choice of maybe four or five passages that's the one that jumped out at me and when I it, it grabbed me and as I I originally took it as me looking at God you are glorious you're precious to me I love you but then the real meaning sank into me as I read the the passage around it uh, about the redemption of of Israel and the fact that it was me me that was glorious and precious to him so the world's changing so dramatically mark this is what you like to talk about so much yeah but it's modernism okay so if you feel good it's okay you know modernism but but you know we got to get back to those those truths what is happening today I mean, it, how do we draw people back to the truth? You know, I think that I got involved in Catholic Men's Fellowship many, many years ago. Uh-huh. And through retreats and through grouping with men, you know, we've all heard about iron sharpening iron. And we need to come together, strengthen one another, and then reach out in evangelization with others. Because, you know, we can't do it alone. I'm one that does rely on other people. I lean on other people. I learn from other people. And so if I was on an island, I would not do well. <laughs> and so it's, it's in the grouping, men, women, anyone, meet with others, share your faith. Exactly. Now, Chris is talking about men getting together in small groups, women getting together in small groups. Chris, can you tell us a little bit about this process of coming together in a small group? What kind of things do you share in those group situations? Well, the primary objective is accountability to a degree of our own faith. And so it's a matter of sharing the prayer experiences we've had during the week to maintain our prayer life, sharing with others and saying, this is where I did well, where I fell short, and then uh, talking about the formation that we're doing. How are we being continuous learners in our faith? And then in addition, action. What action are we taking? And that is the action is where I tend to fall short. I have my personal faith. I spend a lot of time with the Lord, but my action falls short and that's where i continually get challenged and more so inspired by others when i meet with them see that's that's kind of it mark it's so fascinating because we get together weekly and i'm i kind of am falling a little short because i'm not there every every week you know as chris is and chris goes to daily mass and and so as as we get together we share these things and we get challenged by one another uh, because someone's a star in this area, like you're a star, every going to match, you're a student, you study, you're diligent, you're an, you go to adoration, all those very positive things. But so, so I find when I'm going together and speak, coming together with my friends, I'm coming up so short in so many ways. But it's so important to gather together with giants of the faith because they will stretch you out into bigger and greater things. Yes, I'm amazed to hear what Rob said, and then for you to say, I'm falling short. How do you perceive that you're falling short? What's the next level for you? Well, the next level, and, uh, you know, as 
my retirement buds before me here in the next few months. It's really taking action and following the lead of the Holy Spirit on where does he want me to give back? How does he want me to touch people? Do you know what that action is yet? I'm working on it. You know, there's a few things that are starting to bubble, and uh, I'm looking at what's meaningful for me, and also Cheryl and I are talking about what's meaningful for us as a couple to give back. Before we get too far away, you may said something to me that was really, really profound, and I want you to elaborate, is about iron sharpens iron, right? Mm-hmm. And Ralph kind of piggybacked on the small group, but here's my question, okay? You know, we have a world where... Faith is declining. The Catholic Church has contracted by over 10, it's like 12% in like the last decade. Young people moving away, all of these things. Ralph and I were at an event Tuesday night with a speaker, and she did a wonderful job communicating about how our society has become so divided in so many different ways, okay? So So here's my question about the struggle, I think, that a lot of people that are, let's say, believers, is they're trying to spend their space. You know, they got a lot of friends that are not believers. They're going to work with, I mean, right now we're, we're somewhere around 60% of the people. In fact, there was a stat just a couple of weeks ago that said for the first time in American history, the no religious, you know, the nons, the no religious affiliation exceed those that have a religious affiliation. That's never happened before. So the people, the believers that are in the world, and let's say even most of their friends, half their friends, are have no belief, no faith. The iron sharpens iron. They're not having that experience, right? Right. And so why is that important that they have that experience? What is the risk by not having that experience? Well, the risk is that being on an island because you really need others it it's a community the church is living stones and you can't be a single stone and be a church so you must pull together with others of faith but not just stay there because you know there are people falling by the wayside we know from the faith but there's also ones that are hungering for the faith or that are desperate and have no hope. So we know the hope that our faith brings, and so we have to reach out to those. We have to invite others in maybe a subtle way, others more of a direct way, but that invitation is is the key. This is Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather on Spirit-Filled Radio on our show, Finding Your Way. Today we're speaking with Chris Van Ruten. And Chris is quite a a dynamic leader and mentor in the faith in so many respects. Uh, Chris, you actually created, you know, got involved in some formation through the Ignatian Spiritual Exercises. Could you share us with us a little bit that experience and how important it was to you? Yes. You know, it was a complete discovery to me. In 2016, we had been hearing about this program that Father Ed Broom does up at a parish in, in L.A. diocese, and uh it's a, a nine to 10 week program, weekly. And I had not learned much. I, I knew of St. Ignatius, but I didn't know about the exercises. And so we went through this program and it just revealed to us week by week, a way of praying 
and spending time with the Lord, a daily holy hour is the commitment. And that holy hour was was just a new discovery for me to not only speak with God, but more importantly, listen to God. And uh, the exercise, we, we took it further. We did an eight-day, Cheryl and I together did an eight-day retreat. And the adoration, what you mentioned that earlier, Ralph, is adoration has become, you know, a cornerstone of my faith. And I was just reading in the Liturgy of the Hours this morning, one of the common morning prayers is Psalm 63. And Psalm 63 says, So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. You know, it just hits me that when I'm in adoration, you know, the power of that sacrament that overtakes me, it's just it's friends, 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 just listen to Chris now. Just listen to him. I want, I've listened to him because we try to gather every week, small men's group in prayer, sometimes even Zooming, sometimes over the phone. But listen to Chris. Just listen to him. This adoration is so important. It's become important to me, but Chris, I learned so much from you. It's important to gather your close friends, the sharp stones, so you can learn from them. During COVID, Chris would actually get online, and he would be in adoration through the EWTN website, where the, the Eucharist was being displayed in a small chapel. Chris, when you talked about this, it just hit me so forcefully the urgency of these things, the urgencies of so many things in our lives that we can only find as we discover the faith of others. Please tell me more. Well, it, you know, as I became a daily communicant, and this goes back to the early 2000s at a Catholic men's fellowship, we were challenged by Peter Herbeck. He's on Crossing the Goal, the EWTN program. He's one of the moderators on that show. And Peter challenged us all to try some way to get to Mass more often. And that became, for me, an opportunity to pray for my wife, for our marriage, for our children. So Mass became so important. All of a sudden, I discovered that the Eucharist, the source and summit of our faith, became like air for me. If I didn't go to Mass that day, wow, I felt deprived. And there's so many places in the world where it doesn't exist. And as we faced COVID, our inability or inaccessibility of the Eucharist to us and adoration for us that I went the virtual form, of course, mass and all, but I adored around the world virtually in chapels from Singapore to the Philippines to in Poland, my favorite chapel, which has an image of the Blessed Virgin, an actual statue that has the host embedded in her bosom. And that chapel, it is on the EWTN website, can be found there, is just so comforting for me, that image of the Blessed Mother and the Eucharist combined. And it it just is is my way. Now I can be back to in-person adoration, and uh, that's a blessing. But during that time, it was so wonderful to see the universality of our church 
Chris, I want to ask you about, I call it perpetual prayer. Same thing as far as prayer without ceasing, right? Yeah. What are the benefits of that? Why is that relevant? Why is that significant to you? Well, I think a lot of people sometimes don't understand perpetual prayer or pray without ceasing, as Paul says. It's not just being in prayer. When you look at Christ's life, Christ, he, his life was a prayer. Sure, he went off by himself. As they say, he was up way before dawn, and he's up praying to the Father. He prayed with his disciples. He prayed and prayed over people and healed people. He chastised those that were in sin and asked them not to sin anymore. All of that was his prayer without ceasing because it's our actions, the often... Uh, credited to uh, St. Francis is preach and, if necessary, use words. So it's our life. Our life is our prayer. So I think that it's important, yes, to center ourselves and even more important probably to be in silence, to hear what God is asking of us, but then actions and how we live our lives, how we treat other people, that is a prayer. Now, I'd like to talk about awakenings. Awakenings, because I'm in various other men's prayer groups, some non-denominational, and we're always talking about various Bible verses. And some of these people will talk about the day of conversion of their life. Okay, And so I suppose we've all had a conversion, but for me, it's been continual conversions, Okay, continual awakenings. And so um, it's just, and so every time we get together, when Mark, you and I get together, we talk and there's Discovery Chris, we get together with our friends, there's awakenings that continue, continually happen. I mean, can you give us some reflection on awakenings? Maybe there's a special Bible verse that you have that's in your pocket that you want to share with us that makes a big difference. Um, so, but the awakenings, we're needing to awaken. So like, here's an awakening I had on Sunday night. I was out of town. I was up in Big Bear working on a project. My wife was down here. I wasn't able to go to Mass, but I did go to Mass on EWTN. And that awakening, the urgency of going to Mass every day, it's the minimal that we can do. But as the homily came along, the homily came alive for me, and I woke again. Okay, so Chris, awakenings. You know, awakenings, probably (laughs) what that brings to mind most was back in, uh, it it was in the mid-'90s. And Cheryl and I were doing a Life in the Spirit uh, series at our parish. And the Holy Spirit was really working in me. One night during that, I think it was six or eight weeks, I had this vivid dream of an apparition of the Blessed Virgin in our backyard. It was so real. A few nights, maybe it was a, a week or so later, at 2.38 2.38 a.m. on the 23rd of October in 1998, <laughs> wow. I woke up bolt upright in my bed speaking in tongues. So that was a real awakening. Uh, no, 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 wow. I love it. I love it. I use that form of prayer privately. That's how it manifests for me. But I knew the Spirit was working in me at that time and you know that awakening and then there's the there are the daily awakenings when we hear our good priests and their homilies sometimes they might be two sentences but if we 
reflect on those words. We can take something just like you did on Sunday evening, Ralph. You took some of that food from the table and it nourished you. And so I think that, you know, our good priests, we need to pray for them all. And uh, they are our source. And when you, uh, sure, sometimes people can make Mass once a week. Other times, you know, more often. But every time it's a chance for another awakening and another nourishment of what the Lord has in mind for us. Very well said. One of the things that drives me crazy is the believers that hide in the shadows is they're just afraid. They're afraid to share that they're a Christian, that they believe in God, they believe in Jesus Christ, they believe in the Lord. They're just, when they, come, they go outside of their house, never comes, it, it doesn't come up. Now, what are your feelings and thoughts on that? Is, you know, you work in a big bank, I'm sure they have guidelines and things on <laughs> faith and you know, that kind of thing. But at the same time, Christ teaches us that we're not supposed to hide. We're, not, we're supposed to speak up for him and to be this lamp of light. How do believers come out of the shadows? Well, Mark, that's uh, it's a convicting question because I'm I'm not always out of the shadows myself, and uh, yet at work I've become a little more bold. Maybe because retirement's on the horizon and I'm less concerned about my career. But sure, there's all the political correctness and and the the cultural shifts that corporations are adopting, and but. I decided on my email signature just in the last year, I saw, uh, you know, talk about a passage or a quote, and this was uh, from St. Gregory. It was, it is better to remember God than to breathe. And that particular quote just struck me, and I said, you know, people just live life, and they breathe, and they forget all about God, who is the one that has created us with a marvelous body and a brain that we don't need to think about breathing, but we do need to think about him. We're called to that unity with him. And it struck me such that now that is on my email signature that goes out. I have had one person comment, no one comment negatively, and I had one person comment to the affirmative saying they loved that quote. It was on my email. It happened to be another person working in the bank. Um, but that's one way to come out of the shadows, subtle. But I, I do think that the culture is creating more difficulty in doing that and more likely confrontation when it's done. That's unfortunate. I know myself, I'm, I shirk from confrontation I am not a confrontational person, but there's ways to do it. So that's really powerful, Chris. And maybe you can close us now with prayer, but maybe reflect on 1 Thessalonians 5.16, where we're told to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all things. That's pretty much what you were saying. So, Chris, can you close us in prayer? Yes, Ralph. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we ask you to help each of us find our way. We know that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And we ask that 
you allow him and the Spirit to lead us and to have Spirit-filled hearts on the journey. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chris. What a uh, what a pleasure. Amen. By the way, the sign of the cross is an outward display of our faith, and we should do that openly wherever we go. Chris, beautiful, beautiful. We thank you so much for being with us. It's been indeed a pleasure. Thank you, Ralph. God bless you. You've been listening to Finding Your Way with hosts Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather. For more, go to spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. In closing, we share this word from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. To this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His footsteps. Take care, friend. Are you a spreader of joy in your daily walk with Christ? Here's a word from recent guest Mike Manhart on the Empowered by the Spirit radio show with Deacon Steve Greco. When you're in church, look around, smile, show some joy, brothers and sisters. Welcome people that you don't know, especially during the sign of peace, okay? Oh my goodness, what an opportunity we have. And it's no mistake, every single liturgical celebration has that moment where we get to, to look around, but not just make eye contact. Let's be physical with one another. Let's shake a hand. Let's give a hug. Let's say more than just peace be with you. Let's say I love you. Boy, could you imagine if we could get to that point? Wow. Now we're getting really radical, Dude. right? For more, please visit spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. Spirit-Filled Media is in partnership with the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange in Southern California. Words of inspiration from Deacon Steve Greco, the founder and president of Spirit-Filled Radio. Some theologians believe that you will be asked one question when you get to heaven. The one question is, who did you bring with you? Who did you bring with you? For more, come find us at spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.